Hello and welcome to this week's um, episode, uh, Our Small Holding Warts and All. I think it's Our Small Holding Life and Warts and All, actually. And I think it's episode five this week of season two. Um, yeah, sorry, uh, last week was a bit of a short uh, episode. I um, I try and aim it around about an hour. Um, sometimes I go on a bit more. Um, but last week was a lot less. And that was mainly because I think four days it's just cold and frozen outside and so apart from the basics there wasn't really um a lot to do but I did lots of um reading up and all kinds of things like that um research um planning for all lots of different things um I kind of think that at the minute my head is full of flower stuff cut flowers and uh I'm I'm um neglecting the uh vegetable side of it i'm not because nothing's really good to go yet i mean i've i have got some um what did i put in celeriac seeds uh on the go and some beetroot and some tomatoes actually so i'm not neglecting it i'm just not thinking about it a lot and to be honest i don't have to think about it very much because i've done it for so many years that I just kind of know roughly when the right time is to do it and get on and do it. Um, today, today, John and I uh, finished off the piece, um, got that all ready, up and ready, the bit that's going to be the cut flower area. Now, we measured it out and it's quite, um, let me find a scrap of envelope that we wrote it down on, if I can find it. It's quite an area, really. Um, it is uh, 21, 8, 20, it's 30 feet by um 11 foot basically so it's 30 foot long 11 foot wide and now within that i've got um a row of lilacs at one end and the eight lavender bushes as well uh and then we've just put in we've cleared all the ground and we've put in a box that is uh, i think that's a, well, it's roughly um roughly eight foot wide seven foot wide i'd say uh, by 16 inches deep uh, I don't know whichever way you John and I already had a row about whether it was height depth <laughs> length whatever because <laughs> we come at things totally differently um, so that will be for the sweet peas and then I've got trellis um, at the back of that which is attached to what used to be the brassica cage um, but it's just framework there now wooden framework uh, so that's where sweet peas will go. And I've got sweet peas um, planted up. I soaked them first. And I planted them up in the greenhouse. They don't look like they're doing very much. I might bring them indoors. I might even have to check to make sure the seeds haven't rotted away. Though it wasn't, I didn't wet the compost after I put it in because the compost was quite damp already. Um, but they're not, they're not showing any signs. And I think I must have planted them soon about, well, definitely over a week ago. So I need to have a look at those and see if they're still in there because that can happen this time of year. They can just rot off pretty quickly if it's cold and damp. So yeah, so that area is now uh, ready to go and I've put weed membrane down across the lot of it because that's the area that I have quite a bit of trouble with bindweed and uh, raspberry runners in there and comfrey. <laughs> it's a problem bed. It's a problematic bed. So at the minute, I've put the weed membrane down so that it's not a problem going forward just at the minute. Um, 
And I, I wrote in the blog that I have, I've tried various different things for weed membrane. I tried jute, which does work quite well, um, but it only lasts a season, uh, one year, before it starts to rot through the following winter, and which makes it quite expensive to do it like that on, a, on an area the size that I have. Um, I then, I also have tried the cardboard with the uh, composter, the mulch over the top, which works brilliantly. And I do do that if I've got enough cardboard um, for certain areas. But the amount of area I have to cover, that's a lot of cardboard. So uh, unless I've got the cardboard, I can't really use it. So on all, also, I did trial the biodegradable um, membrane, which is great, but it's expensive. It's very flimsy and it's not porous. So the, you can't put it down and hope that the water is going to go through because it's not going to. Uh, so I'm back to the woven uh, weed fabric membrane, landscaping membrane, whatever you want to call it, uh, because that uh, it's relatively cheap to buy in bigger quantities. Uh, it's quite easy to lay and it does the job. Two reasons I go to that is because, A, I've got a lot of garden out there to, to keep under control, um, by myself and so I do need to exercise some control out there at times secondly with the lupus I never know going forward through you know you're looking at the next eight months I don't know how I'm going to be um, fingers crossed it's smooth but I don't know that and so um, I also need to be able to know that out there it's controlled the weeds are controlled when I am not able to get out there for any reason because sometimes if I if I have a flare it can be weeks it can be a few months so and that causes me a great amount of stress and stress is a big trigger so I, it's not stress that I need so although it goes against my ethics to use that um, sometimes you just have to do what works for you and what fits in with your life you know because um it's just sometimes it's just not possible to be totally ethical and remain sane and well that, that's the way I look at it so until I can find something um that is a whole lot better or until I can get vast quantities of cardboard <laughs> um I'm going with that at the minute so I can uh, get some sort of order I think the problem is um the year before last had a quite a bad flare and the weeds just ravaged out of control because I couldn't get out there to do any of it at all. And uh, and then last year I was on catch up all the time. So um, this year I want to be a little bit ahead rather than always playing catch up. So that bed is now has weed mem membrane down on every bit that I'm not using at the minute. It has the lilacs at one end that have all been... I cut them down by a third, mulched the uh, chopped up the, the the prunings, mulched the ground with that. I mulched the lavender bushes with that as well, um, and so that bed at the minute can just sit nicely, waiting for me to do what I'm you know what I'm going to do eventually on there. That gives me time now to get on with the rest of the garden and then that bit will be just dormant that will be dormant and it will stay dormant until I need to to sort it out and I've got plenty of other uh, sorting out to do John's been um very busy on the t where we took you're taking the herb bed out he's uh 
shoveled up all the soil that was there. It's not quite nice soil. He's sieved it all um, and he's now turned that soil and that's gone onto the rhubarb and asparagus bed because that really needed topping up as well. So that's all gone over to that bed. And uh, so that's good. And we just need to um, board off the front of that. And then we are going to turf that. And I we could seed it, but uh, it's going to be a lot quicker to buy in turf and put turf down there um, and get it going, get it growing when, when the time's ready. So we've been very busy, really, out there. Um, and I've also been uh, up, upgrading all the uh, the uh, roadside boards, the egg board, and I've done a nice new flower one um, uh, just to see... You know, they, the boards have been out there for years and they've got a bit tatty and tired looking. So I thought I'd just give them, you know, a little bit of a a, zhuzh, a bit of a makeover they've had. And they're looking quite good. And, and it might just prompt people to remember that we sell eggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, because, you know, you know what it's like when you drive past something every day, you don't really see it. Um, so if I change it every now and again, it might just sort of like um, jolt people's memory. And, oh, yeah, let's go in and get my eggs. Um in there so yeah that's what basically what we've been doing um and it started raining in the afternoon but we just about finished so that was good and we came in and then uh I said to John well he said rain stops playing I said no it doesn't it stops playing outside but there's cleaning to do indoors so, <laughs> so he got on the hoover which is the second time in as many weeks that he's uh done the hoovering here so that's good so we did all the hoovering and everything then we had to sit down then the twins came and Mia went swimming, so had the twins for a, a little while, and uh, they're growing up rapidly fast. And um, and uh, Mia's discovered that if she does things like the washing up, she might get some pennies for it at home. So she came running in, oh, I'll do the washing up, <laughs> which was fabulous. So she did the washing up, and we gave them some pennies, which is fine, because, you know, um, at the end of the day, that's what nannies and grampies are for, I suppose. Uh, so we gave them some pennies for doing the washing up, which is, um, you know, as I said to John, I think that's always a great ethos. We always did that with our girls. You know, John would always say, well, you go out and clean the car, wash the car for me and I will pay you because it uh, gives them a good work ethic, I think, right from the off then. If they know you go out and do some work, they get paid. Um, that's, a, that's a good work ethic to instill at quite a young age, I think. As long as they don't want too much money, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been on some, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, I went on some Zoom calls. I've got some um, online workshops coming up. My head is full of stuff at the minute, full of social media stuff, because I've got, uh, I think, three, four new flower groups I'm on. <laughs> so uh, along with all the um, small holding and self-sufficiency and vegetable ones and personal ones, and obviously I've got Instagram accounts for the farm and the flowers and my personal one. And uh, I've got the blog that I do and the podcast. So uh, it's quite a lot at the minute. I'm kind of thinking maybe it's too much. I don't know. But um, uh, at the minute I'm managing it all fine. So, yeah, I've got a lot going on um, mentally not uh, and a bit physically, but not, not too much physically. Uh, there'll be a lot more coming up um you know our main seed sowing sessions do not start until around well probably april um to be honest the bulk of it will be sort of april time so that's when i will spend a lot of time in the greenhouse and a lot of time uh sowing seeds pricking out potting on 
put you know putting in the garden all that sort of thing be a, a lot of time then I said to John really and we uh, come spring we sell point of lay chickens and I said to John I think probably what we'll have to do is say we will sell them at the weekend because I can't be out there doing all that and people coming um, randomly through the day any day to collect chickens uh, because I'm not I'm not going to get the stuff done out there then so we kind of thought maybe we will uh say to people we'll 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 do um chicken sales just at the weekend because uh otherwise I can see I will end up uh running around (laughs) not getting a lot done here there and everywhere uh one uh exciting thing I think hopefully is that um I just had a message or an email from um, Anchor and Spotify and apparently uh, I've emailed them with my details. I have to go through a um, a process uh, so they have to vet the process. They have to vet my um, podcast and content and things like that. But apparently I'm, uh, if I apply for that and I'm approved... I can then do videos for the podcast. How about that? So, <laughs> you might like that, you might not. But I did think it would be really nice for anybody who listens to the podcast to for me to be able to video uh, where, you know, to video the garden and video the farm. You know, because I can give you a descriptive, um, I can describe it. Um, but everybody who's listening probably interpret it interpreting it in totally different way so I thought it would be quite nice you'd be able to see where I work you know what what we are about where we are what we look like and at least then when you're listening to future podcasts you can um, you can get a good visual in your head about you know what it is I'm talking about where I am on the farm you know what's going on Oh, I hopefully, um, you know, there'll be there'll be rough and ready videos. It'll be me videoing myself at arm's length on one of those selfie sticks. I, I imagine, <laughs> but um, or or just walking around showing you everything. But uh, I thought it was, it'd be added interest. Um, hopefully, um, that'd be something you like. Um, you don't have to watch it if you don't. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm maybe not that anonymous after all, eventually. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. I thought, yeah, I'll join up for that and uh, do a video, video pod, that podcast, which sounds bizarre, but there you go. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we've been up to today. Um, as you can see, I'm full of beans, actually, at the minute. John said, you're really quite well at the minute. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm very... Um, full of beans and ready to work and not tired at the end of the day so uh, I'm making the most of it and getting um, as much done as I possibly can Uh, it's Thursday night it's Thursday evening and um, tonight uh, Thursdays is dedicated pool night now John's got his pool table up and running in his pool room it's dedicated pool night and the boys uh, know that Thursday night is pool night and so if any of them turn up uh, there's a pool game going, and if they don't, it doesn't matter. John will just sit on the sofa and watch the telly. Um, but uh, Mac is going to come round tonight, and Charlotte's going to come round with the full length version video of the wedding. So I've seen the the small uh, sort of social media uh, version, 
which is brilliant. It makes you cry. You think, oh, I'd like to do that all over again. But um, we have got, she's got a full length one, so of the whole wedding. So uh, we're going to sit and watch that tonight, which should be brilliant. And no doubt I shall be crying all over again. <laughs> but it's nice to, to watch it all. So yeah, that's Thursday. And um, John has been off for the last three days, which is why we've got quite a bit done out there. And he's back at work tomorrow. And then next week, he's got a full job um, on, which will probably push into the week after that as well. So that's, uh, apart from the weekends, that's the end of um, my uh, labourer, if you like. <laughs> so I told him today, you're my labourer, you know, you don't know what you're doing, I do. Just do what I tell you. <laughs> it does not go down well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's where we are at today. And tomorrow... Uh, I'm on my own. Well, John's going to do the animals first because the uh, the job that he's got to go to, uh, they won't be there till nine o'clock. So he's going to get up and do the animals and first thing. So that's good. That gives me a bit of a breather to decide exactly what it is I'm going to do. And I'll watch the weather because the weather's been quite mild as well. Apart from a bit of rain we had today, it's been quite good. So yeah, that's uh, that was Thursday. And uh, I'll uh, catch up with you tomorrow. Morning. It's a uh, Friday morning. It's quite uh, frosty this morning, um, but the sun is out, so I'm hoping it's going to burn off quite quickly. <coughs> I've spent a bit of time this morning watching. There's a lot of blue tits around this morning, dancing around in the trees. They're everywhere. Um, it's quite. In the morning, it was like really quiet out there, and it's quite noisy out there today. I can hear traffic and. The, lots of birds, I think, because of the sun shining. I don't know if you notice the birds a lot more, whether they just sing a lot more when the sun's shining. But, um, yeah, it's cold and frosty, but uh, hopefully it's going to be quite a nice day once it burns off, she says. Uh, that's the hope. <laughs> and then I will go out there and do some bits and pieces. Meanwhile, because it's frosty, I've got the, sort of the eggs done, got some washing on, sorted out dinner for tonight and uh do you remember those um back when all the veg was coming in i was making soup bags well they've really come into their own now <clears throat> especially days like this and days when john's at home um i can i get one out put it in a slow cooker with a stock cube of some sort um and uh with that because i want it for lunchtime put it on high uh and by lunchtime you know then i can go out and leave it get on with stuff and uh, by lunchtime, it's pretty much cooked and I just whiz it, blend it up and uh, I can have, you know, a very nutritious lunch. Um, I've, I don't overdo, uh, and you know, it's full of vegetables. This one I've got today is like, it's got runner beans, beetroot, uh, tomatoes, carrot, onion in it. Um, and I've put a lamb stock cube in there just to give it some depth of flavour because all of those things are not, apart from the beetroot, are not massively flavourful, you know. Um, so with a vegetable stock cube, might not be great flavour, but I've put a lamb stock cube in there. And when I uh, measured it out, at half a portion of that, it's still going to come in at, half, at 129 calories. Um, and all good food, all sort of on the green list really apart from the stock cube which is uh probably 
on the yellow i do i do follow noom so which i find is brilliant because i can see what you know what uh foods i'm eating throughout the day um and yeah it's uh brilliant they're just you know you bung it in there put the water in put the stock cube in turn it on and by lunchtime uh, dinner's done and especially on a day like this when it's cold and also with a soup like that you can make it thinner but if you if it's quite nice and thick uh, um, you can put it in a cup and have a cup of soup and that's quite sustaining you know it keeps you going quite a while so yeah so I've sorted that out um sort the eggs out and everything and I'm just uh I had some more seeds arrive yesterday. So what I'm going to have to do is going to have to go through the seeds that I've ordered to see. I think most of them come, but I wasn't expecting them. So I can't even remember when I ordered them. Um, going through all my seeds and I've got to make a serious effort to uh, plan. I drew out uh, to scale the plan of the area, the cut flower area yesterday. Because um, it doesn't matter how long it takes me to think about it. I mean, the more I think about it, the better it'll be because the less likely I am to make mistakes. And it's not too bad with the annual seeds because obviously they're just annual. They're not going to stay there. But with the perennial stuff um, and the bulbs, they're going to be there all the time. So I, I need to make sure they're in the right place. So um, I don't think thinking it over for quite a while does you any harm, really, because you think of something and then you think, you know, might, maybe the day later you think of something else and you think, oh no, that won't work because of that. But uh, So that's kind of where I am with that at the minute. <clears throat> um, if it thaws out, I am hoping to get out on other parts of the garden, um, the veg garden. Lot, most of it is sort of cleared and tidied. Uh, some of it, one part of it down the bottom needs doing. That's another quite a difficult area. I've got a, a um, apricot tree uh, that... Um, doesn't really bear very good apricots I don't think I've had any for about four years uh it's got uh we moved it and it's got um it's diseased basically and sometimes the apricots come through and they're lovely and other years they they just don't but um I don't want to take the tree out it's a nice big tree it's not near anything else it's not going to pass disease on to any other tree and uh it provides some good shade for me it provides lots of early blossom which is a lot of the reason I don't get any apricots because it does have early blossom and then we get a frost and then uh you know that's the blossoms frosted and you've lost the fruits um so yeah but underneath all that then I've got a uh, a thornless blackberry growing there is horseradish down there it's kind of an area where I put things where I don't know where else to put them really basically so I've got um, some spare asparagus that grows down there I've got an artichoke or two that grow down there globe artichokes um yeah and a couple of bits of rhubarb uh yeah just bits that I don't really know they don't you know some of they're perennial and they stay there and so that's where they are because that's easiest to put them down there and I don't have to clear the bed um very often but it does it is got a bit untidy down there and all the winter stuff has died back and the posts have come loose where the flawless blackberry is and I need to sort that out but um so that's kind of on my agenda today if the ground freeze uh, thaws out enough to get out there but uh, for now, uh, we'll find some other things to do indoors until that happens.
I just want to talk about a couple of things that I've uh, learned so far in regards um, the grow lights that I bought and the soil blockers. Um, obviously, uh, I've got seeds that are that I use the soil blockers for, and uh, I bought some grow lights uh, to get them all going. So, um, if you don't get that compost uh, wet enough when you form the soil blocks, they will fall apart a little bit. So the ones that I've got, uh, so I've got blocks, and the ones around the edges, they, they seem to crumble a little bit, not massively. And um, obviously if I give them a good soaking before I transplant them, they should hold together nicely and be fine. But so far, I think it's definitely a win, win-win thing. Um, I'm quite impressed with them. Um, and I've got some seeds, that I've got some lupins coming through. Uh, there's beetroot, um, celeriac, I think I, oh no, is it coal rabbi? I can't remember which one it was. One of them. And um, yeah, so they, the soil blockers, I think uh, are definitely, definitely worth the investment. Um, the grow lights. Uh, now, I just bought one, uh, one of those grow lights. You clip on the side of the table and it's got four prongs that come off of it, uh, each with a light. And you can change the colour of the light. So blue light, red light or uh, full range light, the mix of the two. Those are all right. And the reason I bought those is because the lysianthus are very difficult to germinate and then to grow on. So I wanted to give them the absolute best chance that I could. Um, so what I'll say about the grow lights is that they are great. They're great, but they the plants need to be directly under the light. So it's no good trying to pinch, if you see what I mean, put an extra uh, um, tray of seedlings a little bit further away from the light, even <laughs> because they just like will try and grow towards the light, obviously. Uh, my overall thinking is nothing beats natural light and I wouldn't, I probably would not go ahead and I've seen the um, sort of racks where they've got like four uh, layers going up um, and then lights on each layer. I probably would not do that. Um, a, because basically you, you're using a lot of electricity. Well, not a lot. I don't know how much you use, but you're using electricity in order to get those seeds going earlier. And even if you get them going earlier and the weather doesn't warm up, you've got nowhere to move them onto. So, you know, I've seen people, with, you know, they must have hundreds of seedlings in these trays, um, which uh, they keep in, in a garage or in a shed under these lights, which is fine if you then got somewhere to move them on to. But if you've got hundreds of seedlings that are growing and the weather's not breaking, uh, i.e. you can't put them out, uh, what are you going to do with them? They're just, <laughs> they're just in there getting bigger and bigger, which is fine if you've got the soil that's going to sustain them. Um, obviously, the light will sustain them as well. So, yeah, uh, jury's out on those. I, they work. They do work. Um but they have their limitations and they also, for me, present that moving on a lot of seeds when the time's not right. So basically what I'm saying is nature does it best. And although we are impatient 
uh, and we want to get those seeds growing nature knows what it's doing basically and it's waiting you know the the, the seedlings are generally waiting for the daylight hours to um, increase so that they grow and probably what we should be doing is leaving it to nature but uh you know we are impatient we're all impatient we all want to get growing and going and see if we can get an early crop of this or an early you know an early bloom here and there but um yeah i don't think i would uh massively invest in it and have one of those um shelves with lights on each layer um personally but uh i guess for some people it works and they probably got a really good system going and but yeah they do work and um they are good and i did get it specifically for these lysianthus who, that still haven't sprouted yet but they are notoriously difficult and when they do it'll be a very great day to see um tiny seedlings of those coming through so i will have to wait and see what happens with those it's uh friday half past four now uh john's just gone out to um look at a job that he's got to be doing with uh luke uh coming up soon um he did the animals before he went i am just waiting for it to get dark so i can pop out and put the geese to bed and then get the dinner uh tonight um john's got some bubble and squeak that is uh i met i think i made i might have said five portions uh, big portions of bubble and squeak um frozen froze those i didn't make the bubble and squeak i put all the leftover veg meat and potatoes uh, from the Christmas dinner, so we had uh, you know fight quite a lot left, so I put them all in portions for bubble and squeak, which he will um, have tonight, and he loves bubble and squeak. So um, nothing ever goes to waste here if I can help it. It uh, all gets used up eventually somehow. We had a busy morning, um, quite hard graft really, because uh, John was um, uh, emptying out the compost heap which is massive um it, we we had some compost that was already sieved that he'd sieved and we've now moved all that and put that onto the beds that we wanted it to go on and now he's moved, turning the compost heap that i've been making over the last year or the last season and turning it over um into new vacated space that where the sieved compost was so that uh, i then I've got now that's moved into another space and now I've got an they'll have empty space ready to start with the seasons ahead. Uh the sieved compost, um while he was doing that, I went into the polytunnel and the sieved compost has gone on to the beds in the polytunnel. Um I've got raised beds in there because when I sighted it, uh I didn't realise it was right on top of a clay seam, so it's uh, quite hard work and eventually I gave up the ghost of trying to plant into the ground and I put in some raised beds and I've got um one big long raised bed and the rest of them are like pallet collar raised beds so we filled up those and I've covered them over with membrane stop the weeds growing and uh just gave it a bit of a one of the one or two of the beds were just like makeshift beds so I've got some uh pallet collars that we still had spare and I've put those in so now I've got like uniform beds all the way down which is quite nice and I gave the whole polytunnel a tidy up, took down all the old bits of string that are lying around and everything. So that's looking good. And I can say that I've never had the polytunnel good to go this early in the season before. Um, the only thing I've got to do now is uh, wash the outside and the inside. But I'm going to wait until it's 
a little bit warmer and the reason for that is if I do it now the algae will still build on the outside so that you still get the green runs down the plastic so um I'm gonna wait a little while for that and then I also tied it up inside the little polytunnel and I told tied it up lots of broken pots that I found lying around because the wind blows them everywhere um while John carried on with the the compost heap and then I went down to the other end of the garden the other side of the garden where I've got some more compost heap but they're much smaller more manageable size um I've got some like uh, I suppose they're like three foot square I want to say yeah something like that three foot square uh they're like crates that um roof slates come in uh that's what they, they look like um and uh I use those at that side of the garden because uh it's quicker for me just to nip down there and empty them to there than it is to go right down the other end of the garden every single time just a waste of time and then I've got a couple of like the plastic Dalek type ones that somebody gave me and they were there as well and they were all full up so I've now emptied those out into the square ones and I've got two um empty plastic Dalek type ones and that the compost in the square containers will carry on composting down to be fair I probably could have gone through it all and got a fair bit of the compost out to go onto the garden I say fair bit not a lot I mean not really worth the while yet I it, I'll put it on top of the other lot and the weight the more you've got on there it will you know the quicker it'll break down with weight on there as well so and obviously the more you turn it and the more you add to it it'll break down a lot quicker so it might even be ready in a couple of months time because it's almost there but just not quite so that's what we kind of did out there this morning well right up until one o'clock actually so we were out there quite a lot and it's quite heavy you know um, shoveling or forking compost half rotted compost it's quite heavy work so uh, um one o'clock we came in for lunch we called that a day out there then because uh Yes, and it was getting cold as well. The wind was starting to bite a little bit. So, um, but that's not too bad. I mean, that's that is a day. That's half a day from both of us of hard graft. So that you can call that a day. You know, I wasn't expecting John to come home um, mid morning because he went out to do some work, and I quite expected him to be out all day. Um, so it was quite a bonus when he came home mid morning and got some work out of him. So that's good. So that's a little bit more that's done out there. Still a lot. I. I I, it wasn't the job that I had intended to do when I went out there, but that's because I didn't know John was coming home. So um, really the job. But we also needed to clear these uh, compost areas so that we can, you know, I've still got stuff to cut back and tidy up. So I need somewhere for that to go. So they needed doing. It's always one job needs doing before you can get your teeth into, a ne- into the next job, really. Um, I always think. So that's what we did. Um, and then, uh, not a lot else, Shelley came over uh, with the kids, although she didn't come out of the car because um, Josh has got COVID. My grandson's got COVID, but he's been absolutely fine with it. He's had it all week. Um, he's been absolutely fine with it. He tested negative yesterday, but then tested positive again today. So that, that's just another one of those weird things. The other weird thing is that they, you know, there's Shelley and Martin and Florence all in the house with him. None of them have got it. Every, every test of theirs has been negative. So it's, it's just, I don't know, this the whole COVID thing is just so random that it's, um, you know, you can't, I can't quite get my head around it. I think that John's always said, I think there's a very short window where you can catch it. And I think he's not far wrong. He can't be because otherwise they would have all got it and they haven't. So, uh, so yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's where I'm at today, Friday. Um, one thing I did think about when I was in the polytunnel, and I have written it in the blog, is that I'm probably in a quite a good position to give out advice on um, if you're thinking um, polytunnel or greenhouse and you don't have room for both, you only have room for one, um, I personally would advise a polytunnel. Um, the reason for that is you can... They both do slightly different jobs, and obviously a greenhouse is lovely to have, but you can do what you're going to do in a greenhouse in a polytunnel. Uh, you can't quite do what you want to do in a polytunnel in a greenhouse. So I would go for the polytunnel. You've got extended uh, growing season. It's you know it's warmer in there earlier than even the greenhouse is. Um, the greenhouse generally, because it's glass, gets very, very hot, um, so does the polytunnel actually so that doesn't really make any difference but you can grow seeds in a polytunnel you can start them all off in a polytunnel if you've got one big enough and when I say have you got one big enough I I would always say to people I do always say to people when they say what about polytunnel I say you get the biggest one you can afford or the biggest one you've got the area for um whichever you know whichever suits really because you get a polytunnel and you will always want a bigger one I can guarantee you that because they are so useful uh, greenhouse wise, um, again, I would say, uh, you don't, you get, you know, the size that you can afford or the size that you've got the area for. The most important thing about a greenhouse is, uh, that you get it put up properly and there's nothing, there's going to be nothing worse with a greenhouse that's put up, um, shoddily and it's it shakes in the wind and the and the glass comes crashing down or the glass cracks or there's uh you know uh, drafts in there what that's the main that's the most important thing about a greenhouse that's more important than um how your greenhouse looks uh, aesthetically uh, you know and i would always say as well that if you're going to go for a greenhouse uh, and you've got a budget oh i would think about the things that are going to give you uh, more benefit than not. And by that, I mean um, good staging, uh, ventilation, possibly an irrigation system, and think about um, shading maybe and buying a really good propagators and having electrics connected. They are all more important than um, how posh your greenhouse looks because... It doesn't matter what your greenhouse looks like. It's not going to make you a better grower um, just because it's, you know, the top of the range greenhouse. It's not going to make you a better grower. It, what you want is a functional greenhouse with all the things in it that you need. And so that's what you need to be spending your money on. Of course, if you want a top of the range, posh, aesthetically handsome greenhouse, you go for it, you know. But they, those are my... Um, that's my recommendation. That's what I've found over the years. That's what I would recommend uh, you buying, you know, putting your money into rather than how how it looks, you know, more how it functions and uh, spend your money on that bit. But it just, it just occurred to me that I'm probably in a good position to be able to um, to give that advice for anybody who is wondering, you know, should I go for a polytunnel? Should I go for a greenhouse? That's what I would do uh, because I think that's, you know, that's what you would get more benefit from. If you can afford both, go for both, you know, because they do do uh, different jobs. 
but you can amalgamate them in a polytunnel uh, more so than in a greenhouse. So yeah, uh, that's my top tip for today. I'll record this, but uh, when I listen back to it later, I might possibly have to delete it. You may not be able to hear. It's very windy today. North of the country, they've got uh, a weather warning for most of the gales are up there, but obviously, we're getting a bit of a lash of the wind down here. Um, I'm out the back in the goose paddock at the minute, um, and I've just put up a roll of uh, like sight netting um, because about four years ago, Mum Ken and I planted a thousand daffodil bulbs in here, all in the row, all outside the fence. And uh, the first year they came out lovely, the second year they came out lovely. The third year um, we had the avian lockdown and the geese were in this paddock and they trampled all along the line of the hedge. And uh, although the daffodils did come through, they were short. <laughs> and so the same is happening again uh, this time. Uh, so I've tried to fence it off to, in hopes that the um, daffodils will come through nice and long. Um, I haven't quite got enough fencing, but I've got a fair amount, a fair length. So, yeah, but the wind is blowing it all over the place, and I know it's like the, the bottom's not tight, and I think, oh, they're going to get under there, I'm going to find a goose trapped inside it, and all that jazzle. Um, the other things I've done this morning is I've been out and uh, filled up all the water buckets for the horses and opened up uh, another field for them, so they've got um, three fields now that they can into three big fields um, they might as well eat it rather than it uh, them hanging over the fence looking at green grass the other side although it's not really it's not growing it is greener so I've done that I've also been into the chicken stable and um, put a load of straw in the corner sort of hay rack because uh, I said to John is there any straw left in there because these eggs are coming in broken no 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 okay didn't think to put any in then I'll do that so I've been in there and put some straw in but and John is in the um duck pen clean well, well the, the point of lay pen where we've been keeping the ducks and he's giving that a good clean out but I think we're gonna put the ducks back where they came from and we're gonna move the chickens one of the lot of chickens from in the stables out into the outside uh pen because um yeah, it's just they've been inside, you know, in, in an enclosed area for ages, so you get out and get a bit of fresh air outside. In the, it's enclosed, but it's outside. So, um, and then probably at the end of this month, end of February, we'll move the others back out to there, out the front, which has also got an outdoor run on it. Though it's not very big, but at least they'll be able to get some fresh air then as well. So, yeah, it's very windy. <laughs> come in the greenhouse where it's a lot obviously less windy than it is out there massively windy um yeah i've just sorted out all the ducks uh john's still power washing the pen down um ended up with a so i've got poorly duck as well and um, Day by day, when you go in with the ducks, you don't really notice because they get, as soon as you go anywhere near them, they get in a massive flap and they all flap around together and uh, move away from you. But because we let them out uh, while we clean the pen, 
it was evident that one of them one of them just sat down and didn't go with the rest so I picked her up she's uh, quite thin and wet um, so I've moved all the other ducks now and I've put her in a stable on her own with some food and water I, I washed her all off because she'd got mud all underneath her um, washed her all off and given her some water and some feed and she's in a, a nice dry stable at the minute my feeling is she's a bit far gone but she might perk up a lot of problem with the ducks is that a drake tends to favor one duck um so if that's her she's just getting a battering um day on day so uh she might be really you know she just probably leaves the will to live yeah um so she's uh yeah she's not very well at the minute and uh, but i've separated her and she's in a stable with some um food and water and uh she's on her own so it's nice and quiet so she might perk up um and uh she might get better but um struggling to think why she would have lost so much weight really even if the drake was getting at her it would mean that she is the favored duck and so she would be allowed near the food so um i'm not sure so i'll just have to monitor that situation and see how she does yeah it's nice in the greenhouse nice and warm i've just come in to check on the sweet peas i can't see any sign of any of them yet i might have to delve under the soil just to make sure that i haven't got a mouse in here although there's no evidence of one but uh with mice you never know i can't remember when i planted sweet peas i should have put a date on it shouldn't i that would have been useful um but yeah it's uh, a lot nicer in here than it is out there very blustery today It's uh, Monday morning and uh, John has gone to work. So um, that's me on duty this morning to do all the animals. Uh, it's about eight o'clock. I've just put the eggs out because uh, we sold out of eggs yesterday. That's the first time for a long time that we sold out. Um, I think a combination of me uh, pushing eggs on the farm page, um, somebody sharing it and... Uh, Possibly the new egg board has sort of like, uh, you know, just reminded people that, uh, you know, newly painted egg board that I did. Um, <clears throat> we do still sell eggs. Um, I made arrangements over the weekend uh, to collect, to buy six new laying quail next weekend. Because um, we haven't had any quail eggs for ages. Uh, the last lot of quail we got from somebody who, uh, an, an elderly gentleman who was uh, retiring. I'm not sure how old the quail were, to be fair. Um, they lay in the, they lay in the warmer weather, but they haven't laid at, at all over winter. So, uh, <clears throat> we'll, uh, get some new quail in and, um, cause we do sell quail eggs quite well when they're out there. Uh, so I'll have to, once they start laying, push those cause we will potentially quail are really good layers they tend to lay every day um if, you know for quite long weeks in a row so you do end up with lots and lots of eggs quail eggs i remember one year uh i had loads and loads we were having a i think it was um john's 50th birthday or something so it's sort of like eight nine years ago and we had loads of these so me and my mum boiled them all up 
and peeled them all, which took an absolute age, and had little tiny boiled quail eggs, uh, you know, out there with the barbecue that we were doing, which went down really well. So uh, I know um, quite a few, well, a customer, certainly one customer of mine, uh, he likes quail eggs. When his daughter was little, she used to he said boil them and she'd have them in her lunchbox at school. And another customer makes uh, teeny tiny Scotch eggs with them for her children. <laughs> so I'm not sure I could be bothered to go to that faff, but uh, that's dedication for you, I reckon. Um, so quail eggs are pretty, pretty good. And uh, hopefully the geese will start laying soon too. And then come, you know, when the warmer weather comes, the turkeys will lay eggs as well. So we'll have a sort of a selection out there again. Um, not sure how the ducks are doing. They've just we just moved those yesterday, so they might pick up a little bit. They wouldn't do too bad, uh, considering it's winter. But uh, yeah, so <coughs> um, well, Saturday we moved them. Yeah, Saturday. So uh, try to think what else we did. Saturday afternoon. Oh, then it, we came in for lunch, and then Samantha came around for a couple of hours with the twins. Um, so that was sort of, and then we went out and did the afternoon rounds. And that so that was sort of Saturday, yesterday Sunday um, was uh, still bliss. Um, actually, it was calm in the day. It was the it was last night. It started to get really blowy, and it's quite blowy again this morning. But they all those uh, really bad storms they've had up north are sort of like we're getting the tail end of it. So, um, but nowhere near as bad as they've got it. Uh, so, but yesterday was quite pleasant actually, and the sun was out. And John went out and did a bit on the compost heap. And uh, I made some little, well, I, I used that, the weeping birch that we've got sheds quite a lot. It probably shed a lot more since we've had that wind. And I uh, made some little, um, some twig hearts and uh, twig swags to uh, <coughs> to sell. See if they're selling, they might not, but it doesn't matter if they don't. I had a good, you know, it was nice to have a go at making them. So, um, you know, the more I make them, the better I'll get at them. Um nicer they will be hopefully and it's quite a useful uh the weeping birch is quite useful for making well obviously it'll make uh, if you can make hearts with them you can make um round wreath bases so and uh, that's quite good i made a nice big heart to go on my door so out of those uh and then once we'd done that i said to john well uh, that was around about mm, lunchtime about mm, getting up for 12 o'clock and i said john well i really like to go to the garden centre and see what they've actually got out now um, in preparation for this time next year, would you believe? Because you do have to plan quite a long way ahead. Um, obviously, you know, you've got to plan six months ahead, really. So uh, six months ago, I should have planned for this time of year, but I didn't. <laughs> so um, consequently, I've got no flowers really growing at the minute. So I said, John, I'd like to go and see what it actually is available um, that's got a flower on now. And I'm aware that in the sort of garden centres, they will have brought them on a bit. But, uh, yeah, I was just interested. Anyway, I got there and, of course, um, I spent some money. <laughs> and I said to John, it's this investment. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so I bought some nerines, which are beautiful um, pink a uh, frilly type tall flower and some very gorgeous um hellebores uh, i mean the the hellebore um the the um the sort of the common hellebore is uh architectural enough but not um very pretty 
the normal white ones are lovely they're, you know it's nice to see those um in the winter but they now you know they've got some absolutely gorgeous uh pink ones that have you know they run they run from dark pink on the outer edges to lighter pink in the center and they absolutely gorgeous so i bought um a couple of those and i bought some uh what else did i buy oh ranunculars <clears throat> that um and then i bought some herbaceous perennials that were uh in the smaller pots um and although i've got some seedlings of these some seeds of these things to start growing these are sort of like uh these are already established plants in a pot so they will give me flowers a lot earlier than uh than the seedlings i'm uh trying to get established and grow and then i just bought some there's some lovely little daisies and some primulas just to brighten up my front garden there with because they've got flowers on though i have got primulas in there <clears throat> they've not come through yet um and potentially i'll plant these ones in and they won't come through either till next year at this time so um <clears throat> but that is because the the uh garden centres do bring them on a little bit <clears throat> earlier <clears throat> excuse me um while I was there I was talking to a chap that we know who works there and he said um yeah you're onto a good thing doing flowers and plants uh from the farm gate because it's about to get a whole lot harder for the um to import uh flowers and plants apparently because because of Brexit, because this um, period of uh, this honeymoon period of Brexit is about to come to an end and it's about to get a lot harder, uh, which will mean that the um, plants and that are going to increase in price massively. So he said you just we've picked it at the right time, which I had no I had no idea about that. So um, that's just happened to landed in my favour, I think. So uh, hopefully that's a. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, I also had some more, some more bulbs arrived, and I picked up some more bulbs at the garden centre. I've got some ranunculus arrived, and then I bought some uh, freesia, which I absolutely adore. Freesias, um, my mum's favourite flower as well, and I just love them. Uh, and some rather beautiful uh, star-shaped gladioli, which um, I think will look amazing as well. And then on the way home from the garden centre, uh, we obviously stopped for coffee and cake. Um, I said to John, I just want to pop into the garage and see if they've got any tulips and daffodils because um, I want to have a go at something. Uh, I went in there, they didn't have any. So I bought carnations and uh, chrysanthemums, really. And I know they're, they're not going to be ones that are grown in this country. It's a little bit naughty of me, but I really wanted to have a go. So... Um, so I bought a couple of bunches of those and I made some uh, some flower arrangements um, from those just to actually prove that you can make something rather nice from, a, you know, a bunch of flowers that you got from the garage even. So, uh, yeah, I was quite pleased with what... In fact, there was, <clears throat> I did too. I separated the coloured flowers out into yellows and then the pinks and the reds and the whites. And uh, the yellow one, which I thought would look absolutely amazing uh as was totally overshadowed by the other one that i did <laughs> so so um i thought that would be the you know the not so good one but that was uh so it just goes to show really and that it's all a good learning curve as well it's all good practice and all a good learning curve um so yeah when we got back then 
I don't know what time we got back, actually. Anyway, we didn't do anything the rest of the day. It's Sunday. We just uh, did the basics, got the dinner on, um, did the, the rest of the animals and everything. And uh, that was that. But, and then that was when the wind started to pick up um, sort of after dark. And it's still a bit blustery this morning. But uh, as I said, nothing, nothing like it is uh, further up north, I don't think. Um, one thing I thought when I was just listening back, the sweet peas, I did have a little delve in the bottom of one and I can see a tiny root in one of them. So um, the sweet peas should, oh, that reminds me, I must go and turn on my grow light in the other room. Um, the sweet peas should come through, so that's good. Um, I'm amassing all of these plants and bulbs and at the minute I've, I've, not, even, I've not made a plan of where they're going to go. Every, every spare minute I think about it how am I going to put it where am I going to do it what how you know how am I going to set that bed out uh I still haven't made a a definite uh, plan yet and that's probably because I'm thinking about it on the go and not actually totally applying myself to what I need to be doing so uh, I'm going to go out and do the animals I'm going to go turn the grow light on first and then go out and do the animals and then uh I think about what I'm going to do the rest of the day oosh just come back in <laughs> that is proper squally out there um the wind is, uh, at first I thought, oh, it's, it's higher level. Um, it, gusting, it is gusting at a higher level, but, uh, it, yeah, you still get blown around a fair amount and uh, it's quite cold. It's coming from, it come from the west, but it is quite cold. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was glad to get around and get that done and get back in because it's not very nice out there and there's definitely moisture in the air potentially rain potentially snow who knows um but yeah so i've done that um i'm not unless i go in the greenhouse or the polytone i'm not really going to think about going outside on the garden today because it is unless the wind drops because it's not very pleasant at all to get blown around like that uh, i checked the duck the duck uh died um <clears throat> one of the things they say about ducks and geese um is that once you've realise they're ill it's often too late because they do hide it really really well um so once you actually uh realize that they're not very well it's often too late so uh yeah that duck uh has died and i did i looked in the duck pen when i was feeding them i thought we're short on ducks here um i probably didn't notice it when they were in the in the other pen because it's a lot it's smaller but out in their pen i thought uh, I counted them up and I thought we're definitely we're down about four ducks and I think that's going to be from when they're out free ranging um, at the end of last year foxes picked a few off but when there's about 25 there so you don't really notice um, when they all come back in I don't count them every day when they all come back in it's, it's like oh there's enough there there's a fair amount there but uh, yeah so um, about four ducks down now five so there, there you go of course, it's the 31st of January today, the dreaded day when you have to pay the tax bill. That's not nice, is it? Um, so it's just, I've literally just parted with our money and um, also paid up the accountant. Um, yeah, we've never been one for putting the money by, so, uh, but we always have the money. Well, we, you know, for the last few years, we've had the money. Years ago, when we were, when John was starting out, we always used to have to scrape around, but um, in the last 20 years, we've been all right. Uh, so at least we got it to pay them, and uh, that's now paid. Breaks my heart, but there you go. That's the way life is. 
I just looked out the window. I thought, what on earth is that noise? Looked out the window and our local friendly farmer has um, uh, got his tractor in our drive just uh, flailing our front hedge. <laughs> um, he just turns up randomly uh, when he can, I guess. He was out, um, I think the parish council um, contracted him to do all the... Uh, the lanes and that, and he was out there last night doing the lanes, and uh, this morning he's turned up to do ours. It's the only hedge we have flailed, um, and that's because, obviously, when people come, that's where the cars will park, so uh, I don't want the hedge again encroaching too much on the parking area, so um, I'm not keen on flailing at all, but that one is has got too big for us to do, um, John struggled massively with it. So when he saw uh, Dan um, last year, he said, oh, could you start doing our, our front hedge with the, with the tractor? So that is what is occurring at the minute, but I was not expecting it. But there you go, it'll be nicely done. I'm just, it's 10 to 5, I'm just getting the dinner, but uh, I can finally tell you what I've known for a while. And uh, that is that we have grandchild number six on the way. So excited! As you can tell, it's um well, it, you can't tell this, but it's now um Tuesday morning, and uh, as you can tell, um yesterday, I was so excited to tell you that I forgot to tell you the obvious, and that is that it's Charlotte and Maca who are. Uh, expecting their very first baby um yes and it's very exciting news uh it's um this doesn't look too bad i'm looking out the window so i've actually been outside yet it's uh eight o'clock i've got to do the eggs first and then it doesn't look too bad though um it hasn't been frosty overnight although i don't know uh there's a little bit of a breeze in the air i don't know how cold that is at the minute but uh, it's the first of february yay um Although, I always say, it's the shortest month, the shortest calendar month, but it feels always like the longest month ever. Um, and February can be the harshest month. Just when you think you're moving towards spring, um, February can plummet in uh, temperatures and uh, feel like the longest, hardest month ever. Um, this is the last... Like it's the last uphill bit before you get to that uh, to the top where you can see the sunshine coming more and more. So uh, yeah, February is all I find is uh, is a a tough month. I think um, when you're working outside. So yeah, uh, John's gone to work today again, and uh, I don't quite know what I'm going to be doing yet. Um, I'm hoping to get out on that cut flower area. Um, and uh, also into the greenhouse because February, uh, I saw it through all the seeds yesterday and marked them all up into the months. Um, so what can be sown in February with heat? What can be sown without heat? What can be sown in March with heat? What can be sown without heat, etc., etc. What needs to be sown under cover? What can go direct outside, um, which is not a lot at the minute. Uh, so... Um, yeah, and all the while I've got to remember that I need to be thinking about vegetables as well as flowers. <laughs> so I need to uh, sort my head out quite a lot over that and uh, crack on with some things.
12 o'clock, Tuesday, and I'm puffed out. Whew. Had a full-on morning out in the garden. Um, I put some things in situ on the cutting bed, uh, and then I changed it. So now I've got to change my plan, what I've got down written, written down, because uh, I thought, that's often the way actually really if you just map it out for real and then look at it and think no that's not going to work change it around um the rest of the time i have been potting up plants flat flowers uh, little seedlings that i found um in one of the beds where i've been growing cabbages i found a primula growing <laughs> um and some aquilegia so i've uh, dug those up and potted those on um, I'm trying to think what else we're literally mainly putting on and checking everything in pots. Uh, applied a couple of things out that um, can go out now, and uh, I just went over to the one of the beds that's got a compost bin on it, and I emptied it out, and uh, I was starting to shovel it all back in, but I thought oh, I've had enough of that. I'm going to go and have something to eat. I think that's a good idea. But it's a lovely day. It's nice and sunny. Um, Breezy, as you can hear, you can hear my my wind chimes. Um, but it's quite mild and it's quite nice. But that's me done for the morning, unless I get a second wind. Um, yeah, let's see. Wednesday morning, eight o'clock. Um, I've just been out to put the eggs out. I've had a shower and my breakfast already. And uh, this is quite mild out there. I've just got a long sleeve t-shirt and like a zip up hoodie, not a very thick one. Um, and it's not cold at all. And there's very little wind today, tiny breeze, but that's about it. So uh, <clears throat> altogether nicer today. And I can just see the, the sun is just peeking up, well, peeking through the hedge. And uh, it's casting light, so it completely misses the farm, and then it's casting um, a golden glow on the feet on the trees <clears throat> over the other side of the next paddock to us. So it's, it's, it's lovely, a beautiful morning. Um, yeah, uh, so last yesterday, um, I got all that done in the garden, etc., etc., and then in the evening or uh, late afternoon, before I went out and did the animals. Again, I joined, um, uh, so I'm a fully paid up member of uh, Flowers from the Farm, which um, you might have heard of, uh, you might not. I first encountered them uh, oh, about four or five years ago when I went to um, one of the RHS shows and they had a beautiful display uh, on an old tractor, on a vintage tractor, and it was gorgeous. And I spoke to them back then and... Uh, uh, you know, they said, oh, you should do it and join us. And um, I never did. And uh, but now I am. And now I have joined them. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, www.flowersfromthefarm.co.uk if you want to look at and see what they're all about. And they are all about um, UK grown seasonal flowers from the farm, basically. Um, yeah, so kind of like a bit of a support network, I suppose. And uh, you, get, you go on a live map, so um, anybody who knows about fields, 
uh, flowers from the farm looking for uh, cut flowers can see um, where people are located um yeah I, what have I got planned today again I want to get outside on the garden and clear that bit that I started yesterday that I gave up on I want to get that sorted so that I've got and then I think that is more or less everything um ready to go apart from you know titivating uh weeding now I mean that's that be oh no I've still got one that big um, raised bed between the two polytunnels to take down. It's a big bed, but um, because the nut trees are right behind, nothing really grows over there. I had a few cabbages growing it over, well, they're still there at the minute, but they're not very big because everything leans away and they stretch for the light, really. Um, the polytunnels, they are all right because uh, the time that I need them the most um for sunshine there's no leaves on the tree so the sun the, the early spring sun shines beautifully in there and gets everything going and then the sheet the tree is actually useful to cast shade over the polytunnels for a lot of the morning and then the polytunnels get full blaring sun in the afternoon so it's probably not the greatest way around to do it but it works and so uh so i'm not moving them <laughs> Because that's a big job, not until, I, you know, but maybe when once the plastic goes on them, I may have to, um, I might look at reciting them. But for now, they're staying where they are. And talking about plastic, uh, these are um, first tunnels, poly tunnels. And I, we first, I first had one, oh, 20, maybe more than that, 20 years ago, uh, on an allotment. And uh, it was a great little tunnel. And then when we moved here and I decided to have a... a big tunnel uh, um i went with the same the same company um and i think our tunnel's been it must have been up 10 years and the plastic you know the cover is absolutely fine i mean it's got a few small holes in it in places where um i think i, I stupidly put the uh put the tortoises in there for some reason one day and um they've like clawed a hole at the right at the bottom but um, apart from that, is that it's not broken down at all in 10 years. And the wind has, you know, the wind has never got it. We obviously put it in well. And then I have a second polytunnel that is also from first tunnels. Um, and that's as good as well. You know, that is brilliant. And the reason I got that one is because I did have two greenhouses there, small ones. And the wind uh, one day was so fierce, it just uh, basically all the glass panels from the roof just end up on the floor. So... Um, I, you know, I obviously was going to have to replace it. So I thought, I said to John, well, I'll just replace it with a smaller tunnel, a small poly tunnel, and that's what I did. And uh, I haven't regretted that at all. So, yeah, um, that's, yeah, today I'm going to concentrate on getting out there and doing a bit, a bit more if I can. And Well, I will be able to. And it, um, it was a glorious day yesterday out in the sun. It was lovely. And so hopefully today will be just as nice. All right, it's quarter past nine half past nine haven't even had me cup of coffee yet and i'm already in a bad mood this morning because <laughs> i've gone up to the layers the hens that we put outside in the outside thing and they have eaten every single egg that they've that's been laid and i'm like oh my days i just anyway <clears throat> so i phoned the supplier and i've got 40 new point of lay hens coming because i can't well i've just managed to secure some regular orders of two trays a week and um 
<laughs> and that happens. I'm like, so what I've done is I've split the hens up and put some of them back in the stable block um, and left some of them, the ones I think that were eating the eggs, back in the stable block and put the other, left the others where they are. But um, I speak to the supplier and because they these are getting on for two and a half probably now and uh yeah they do that so <laughs> i'm like every single egg, eggshells all over the floor and i'm like you're kidding me but it doesn't help that i've asked john twice to pick up grit and calcium and he hasn't done it either time um yeah i'm not, I'm not chuffed <laughs> this morning so i'm gonna have my coffee now and i and i haven't even started on what i want to get started on yet Ugh. So I kind of spent the morning diving backwards and forwards to the uh, egg-laying areas to try and grab the eggs as they, <laughs> literally as they have been laid. Um, because it's just uh, ridiculous. We must have eaten probably about 10, 11 eggs this morning, which I can't afford to, to lose. Um, I have uh, phoned the supplier and secured 40 uh, point-of-lay hens for... Uh, the middle of this month so 14th February um, but obviously they will be a uh, point of lay and so they won't start laying I mean they lay pretty quickly but they won't start laying for a couple of weeks so until then I've got to try and retrain these chickens uh, somehow not to eat all the eggs um, which is proving difficult and I don't know why they did it they didn't do it in the stable block maybe I'll put them all back in there and then uh, what I said to John is what we'll do is once those the new ones have established uh, laying and they're laying sort of good eggs, we will um, probably sell those ones off. Um, they, to be fair, they've been a, a pain in the bum batch ever since they came in. It's the only batch we've ever had like that, but they have been um, everything that they could do that they shouldn't be doing, they did they'd get everywhere they'd lay everywhere they'd eat the eggs they'd pick on each other they'd just not been a terribly great batch at all um so yeah that's uh get some new ones in and uh keep then we've still got the other batch which are probably about a year and a half old but maybe six months down the line we'll look at replacing them as well because uh it's just ridiculous and that and then i'm thinking oh is this even cost effective you know because uh, it's going to cost a few hundred quid to um, buy new hens in. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we even recoup it, really, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to do the maths and see. Rather than dwelling on it and getting in tears about it, I uh, decided I'll go do some gardening. So that's what I've been doing. It's now uh, ten past three and... Uh, I just had a cup of tea before I go and do the afternoon rounds and see how many eggs I'm actually going to collect today. Um, so I've been over on uh, the the other difficult bed. Half the garden's plain sailing. Well, no, actually, it's probably about a quarter of the garden that's difficult. The three quarters of the garden's fine. Um, but uh, so next to where the cutting patch is going um is i've got the runner bean trench thing and then i've got a, an area of garden that's got an apricot tree in it and a cherry tree it's got some rhubarb 
um, artichokes, some asparagus, bare asparagus, and a, a thornless blackberry. Um, but it also grows over there, it grows a lot of feverfew, and comfrey is spread like wildfire over there. And uh, near the beans, that is also a bit that gets bindweed. Uh, the bindweed problem was a bit of a probably from a rookie error way back when we very first started doing it because uh, we used to rotivate the ground um, which probably if there was bindweed there it chopped up every little bit <laughs> and if you know about bindweed every little bit that breaks off is a new bit of bindweed so um, today I've been clearing up all the any dead bits and everything cutting off any suckers from the apricot tree because that sends out a lot of suckers um, because it's uh, it got damaged when we moved it so and uh, we can also uh, dig it deep enough to get it in the ground really so it sends up quite a lot of suckers so that's fine I, I cut them off every year and the tree's um, lovely and it's got lots it has lots of blossom for the bees but it also um, blossoms really early gets frosted and very rarely get any fruit on it but that's all right uh, so yeah I've been over there clearing all of that and then I've got some um, again weed membrane down where the beans get planted um, because of the bindweed and uh, the thing with bindweed is although it's only an annual it does strangle everything if it gets hold that that's the thing it strangles all the other plants um, so I uh, pulled back all of the membrane and uh, got out as many of the roots that will just they'll just grow underneath that in a mass um, trying to get somewhere pull them all out and they will go up to the burning patch I won't put those in the compost heap that'll all go up to the burning patch so spent most well all the morning doing that came in had some lunch um, bit of a sit down then when I went back out I've planted and now in the cutting patch I put a nice a little tiny raised bed in and um I've planted some freesia bulbs. Uh, these are my first lot of planting in there. Uh, freesia bulbs and some uh, lateris. I don't know how you say that. I'll have to look up the pronunciation of that. Anyway, they're tall, um, about two foot tall they get, and they're like uh, furry. Uh, they, got, they have little buds on them, and they, they're like, they look like little tails, I suppose they look like. Um, quite lovely. Uh, so I've got 30, I think I've got 30 freesia bulbs and 20 of these latris. Um, yeah, so that's the start, the start of the, of the cutting patch. Uh, yeah, and then I came back in and I had a couple of bits to do indoors and now I'm just waiting to go and, uh, round the chickens and see what kind of egg situation we've got. <laughs> it's not great. Um, but uh, I've ordered 40 more for, and they're coming middle of February, 40 new ones. So we will have to uh, sell off those other ones cheap because you can't, you can't keep hens that are just going to eat. And what, happened, what will happen is even if you sell them to, off to somebody, once you split them up, they, it's the, the trouble is once one gets diving in, they all go for it. Um, but if you split them all up, which is what I tried to do, put some in the, split some back up again in the, into the stable. Um, should be able to break the habit and certainly when they move somewhere else it's all new to them and it breaks the habit but for the minute um, they've got bad habits okay two corrections to that last bit um, liatris or liatris apparently I looked up the pronunciation and of course 
Um, bindweed is not a annual. <laughs> it's most definitely a perennial. But uh, what I meant by that is, is it does completely die back um, in the winter. So uh, it's not forever going, but uh, of course it's perennial and not an annual. Silly me. That's mostly it from me uh, this week. Thank you for listening. Um, again, it's shot over. I've either got lots to say or not a lot to say, I find. But uh, either way, hope you're still listening. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, coming along my journey this week. And unless anything major happens uh, this evening, um, I will catch up with you next week.